1: Pit Pass Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show.
2: I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the
1: way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing.
3: You know how fast you were going?
1: Industry news, trends, the people involved.
3: I'm Ricky Carmichael. This is Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timmons. This is Kelly Smith.
1: This is Travis LaTroy. This is Jeremy McGrath. And
4: now, Pit
1: Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, part of the Evergreen Podcast Production System. Glad you're with us. Uh, let's see who's gone. PJ. Let's see. Tony Wank. Eddie Camp. But who's behind the mic? Scott Casper and Jack DeLeon. Leanne DeLeon as well. Producing our contributors include Chris Bishop and Tommy Boy Halverson. Uh, guests list on the program today: Cooper, McDonald, Rodney Smith, Lane, Michael, Justin Bogle, and Michael Locke. We will uh, uh, make this into a tribute show, by the way, to Carlin Dunn. Uh, we had him on the show, if you recall, back in September of 2018, and he died earlier this month at the uh, Pikes Peak Race. Uh, former winner and film producer, Carlin Dunn, uh, we lost him way too soon. And since, uh, the Pikes Peak folks have been Uh, reticent about uh, continuing uh, motorcycle racing during the pikes peak event so we'll be talking a little bit about that on this program in weeks to come will they or won't they there's only been what four or five deaths uh in uh, many many years uh, since uh, that has included that event has included motorcycle racing we'll talk about that and uh and perhaps get some uh, more of the news from outside and from various uh, types of racing. We will tell you that Ryan Villapoto won the all star race, the 125 all star race at Washugal. And, uh, you know, that, that Washugal National, always tough. But uh, what, a, uh, what a beautiful race for Ryan Villapoto to return to the series to take the victory over Chris Johnson, uh, Tevin Tapia, Brock Shoemaker, and Zachary Reboltz that uh, rounded out the top five. So you can look for more news on that event. And of course, the full video coverage from the ninth round of the 125 All Stars Series on our friends at RacerX, com. Jack, how are you? I got to believe you're doing okay. Well, let me try that yeah that works that was much better yeah i'm
5: doing well sir how are you
1: uh, i'm good i want to thank uh, the doctors uh, both at the hospitals here but over the last four weeks i've been uh, kind of suffering through some uh, some oral issues that turned into uh, blood disease and poisoning and i was rushed to university of iowa hospitals where the good docs and nurses took care of me over there and apparently it was pretty close I don't know what that means. Did I not get my parking lot stamp uh, sticker stamped, or what? I don't know what that means, but they took care of me for over a week and brought me back. And uh, it was an amazing time. So, had a trache in. Never had one of those. A lot of first time things mm-hmm. in Iowa City, but it was great to um, see all the family and friends. My buddies from uh, the Delta fraternity came over. A lot of young guys came over and listened to an old man reminisce about his days in the fraternity life and uh, we had fun there uh, a lot of Hawkeye fans as you my guess, came in and talked a little wrestling news and stuff and uh, it was just it was it was it was a, uh, a week just to let everything go and the weeks prior to that the pain was amazing all my medical docs here medical and dental docs here in Des Moines were phenomenal they all talked to each other they all communicated so they were all working on my behalf uh to get me better but m- for those of you who hadn't seen me my face had ballooned up to what jack two three times the size of my chin was like five times yes sir the size uh, it normally is so it was a um it was a crackerjack four weeks uh most of the summer gone <laughs>
5: well yeah thanks, and, thanks and, everybody. and the one thing that i can tell you is You had me worried there for a little bit.
1: Yeah, well, everybody, you know, even my neighbors uh, were worried enough to mow the yard. Uh, Thank you very much. Well, that that was very nice of them. How about that? I should get sick more often. (laughs) <laughs> no please no anyway thank no, you so man, much listen. right i couldn't hear leon in the back <laughs> anyway so thanks uh, for tuning in to this podcast uh, production the evergreen podcast production of pit pass moto scott casper with you throughout the next uh, couple hours and we're going to talk racing we're going to talk a little bit about flat track we'll start with the ceo of uh, american flat tracker your good buddy michael Locke. michael how are you
6: I'm very well. How are you this evening? Sounds well, you're, like you're a lot better than you
1: were. I am, and you are my very first guest and my very first, what we call in the radio business, the comeback show. <laughs> so it's been well, what? Well, I feel privileged. Well, thank you, and, uh, and I as well. It's been since 2015, since taking over as CEO of the American Flat Track, um, and you guys are not just gaining uh, speed, uh, but you're gaining recognition and respect. Uh, it seems that you're listening to everybody. Uh, and then boiling it all down into what is best for racers and fans, can you talk about the effort because quite frankly, taking it over is a massive effort to begin with, but then improving every single day, every single decision uh, you know it's hard to top what's best, but you guys are doing it
6: well that that's a fantastic intro, so I thank you for that um we we're we're not perfect um, we we have a goal in mind of of where we're taking um the series and the sport, um, because the series acts as the pinnacle of the sport, and right. everybody knows that uh, flat track is a romantic sport with a, an amazing history and heritage, um, and, and one that had fallen on um, somewhat hard times mm-hmm. in recent years. There, there were, there were um, uh, presumably prettier girls elsewhere in supercross and road racing and motocross, and flat track lost a lot of its base in the eighties and nineties, and. What we've done is try and um, piece it back together, but in a modern context. Um, so uh, be be true to the history, um, uh, attract people to come and see what I think is the most amazing two wheel sport anywhere. I, you know, I'm I'm nearly five years into this. I still stand on the inside of turn one at Sacramento <laughs> and hold my breath, right, um, right. And, and and that's that's the that's the genie in the bottle. Um, and what we try to do is take a, a modern. Um, communications-led, and commercial strategy to developing it and and to protect its future.
1: You know, and and protecting its future and relying on what has been, um, I think, is something you guys do well. Uh, Scheduling conflicts uh, prohibited uh, AFT from uh, running the OKC mile uh, this year, Um, uh, but you guys are returning in 2020. Uh, June 20th to be exact. Um, how difficult was that balancing? I mean, let's face it, there are only so many weekends in a year or in a season uh, and you guys have to weigh everything out very carefully, both in television contracts or its availability and money. Everything b- does boil down to bugs.
6: Yeah. Yes, it does in the end, and that's not very romantic. But, uh, <laughs> but the, the, the bigger you get and, and, and the more partners you have and the more fans you have, the more demands there are on you. Um, and it goes with the territory and the OKC is a perfect example. We first went there three years ago. Um, it's a great venue, Remington Park. The fans there know what they're watching and they're passionate. Um, and we ran into an issue this year that we had a new opportunity uh, to go to a part of the country that uh, Flat Track is not very familiar in, which is New England. Um, I had to look back in the record books to actually confirm that we hadn't raced there in anyone's memory. Um, and yet New England is a hotbed for motorcycling. Um And we had an opportunity to go and partner with uh, New Hampshire Motor Speedway, who offered to build us a track and some infrastructure. And there was one date they could do it. Um, And unfortunately, that fell on the same date as our regular weekend with OKC. We looked to try and move OKC to uh, another date, but it was frankly too short notice. Those folks down there have got their year planned out. So we had to take a step back and look um, ahead to 2020. And, you know, I'm delighted we can go back there. It's one of the best
1: events on our tour. We're talking with Michael Locke, AFT CEO, and, of course, AFT, American Flat Track. And we look back. uh, By the way, folks, you can do the same. Uh, For all information, American Flat Track at AmericanFlatTrack.com. Next race, uh, four days, 22 hours, 11 minutes. Need I remind you, Michael, lots Mm -hmm. to do between now and then. Uh, The season, by the way, kicks off at Buffalo Chip uh, TT in Sturgis South Dakota Sunday August 4th. That's the four days we're talking about between now and and the chip but um, that has turned into quite an event. Uh, you know the racing uh, community has lapped uh, wrapped its loving arms around the event and what a great place to kick it off right It's turned into a monster <laughs> we, right we
6: have we never imagined that um, uh, taking a motorcycle race to a rock concert um, could be such a such a healthy marriage. Hmm. Um, and we, we have some logistics issues because they they have big um, uh, headliner name rock concerts every night there right. in Sturgis week, so we have to uh, get in and prep the track and install all the safety equipment after the end of the rock concert on Saturday night in order to be able to start practice around uh, lunchtime on Sunday. To be able to finish our main event by nine pm so we can get the hell out of Dodge so um, so they can, so they, can play, so they can stage another rock concert that night. So it's a bit of a logistical um, challenge, but we're taking the sport to thousands and thousands of people who may not have seen it otherwise. And they're a target audience. They're motorcyclists, they're rock fans, they're outdoor people. And we're able to drop our sport into their arena and uh, and wow them.
1: And and having worked up there during Sturgis um, with uh, Pee Wee Herman on stage at the Chip, doing what I do as an MC, but uh, it's it really is a different crowd of folks. But we have one thing in common, and that is. Uh, uh, that hot black blood that runs to the very core of all the machines, and yeah, everybody everybody shares that passion. And some of it, uh, you know, might be flat track. Some of it may just be riding your Harley up and down, you know, the strips and checking out all the vendors and uh, seeing some stuff that you won't find anywhere else. And by the way, wear glasses, wear eye protection if you're anywhere near a motorcycle. Make sure you have eye protection, on or you will get a ticket, and it ain't cheap. For whatever reason, they focused on uh, uh, the protection of your eyes first and foremost, and I don't disagree with them. Uh, I can't imagine going through life with, with uh, just one lo- uh, one eye or no eyes. So uh, make sure you. And I talk about this every year, Michael. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Remington Park in Oklahoma City. Is adding that back is a big deal. Uh, there was uh, a lot of what we call, uh, you know, the the uh, keyboard. Um, uh, keyboard racers and riders out there those computer guys that sit in their basements late at night and comment on things that they don't always know everything about but uh, seemingly everybody is uh, pretty happy about the return
6: well i hope so um and you know we're sensitive to this um we we took aft back there a couple of years ago we introduced it to the venue and the local fans and they feel we took it away i get it um Uh, That's not the intention, and we we have to juggle many balls to keep this show on the road. Um, And it wasn't that we didn't want to go there. It's that we couldn't fit it in. And um, so we're delighted to be back there next year. We hope everybody turns out and cheers on their favorite races, um, and that we have a great event for the long term. I'm I'm sure we will.
1: Let's go to Jack DeLeon, who doesn't often open up his microphone, but obviously he's got some things to say. Jack? Michael, I want to ask you a couple
5: questions. I am basically would consider myself new to flat track illiterate, because yeah, pretty much. (laughs) What would you, what would you tell me as somebody for the first time watching your event? What makes it different than any other motorcycle event that's out there? Hmm.
6: Hmm. Good question. Um, flat track is both the most brutal and the most poetic of motorcycle racing. Um, it's brutal because they're up to speeds of 130, 140 miles right. an hour on loose dirt with no front brake. That's brutal. Wow. And there's and there's nowhere to go when you get it wrong. Um, it's not like road racing with lots of runoff and uh, and visibility. It is a tight oval circuit. So it is brutal and dangerous and exciting um, and, and breathtaking. On the other hand, uh, I referenced... Sacramento on on turn one. Uh, It's my favorite place in flat track because I watch those racers go from uh, flat-out, straight-line speed into turning the bikes with body English and throttle control three or four wide an inch apart at those speeds amazing and perfectly complete the corner like ballet dancers. Mm. There is nothing else like it.
1: And when they're sliding in unison, you know, when they go around those corners, it it is... It's, while it's controlled chaos, you know, you can't control dirt conditions. You can't always control what the other riders are doing. But when it's uh, when they're paired up or tripled up, it is a pretty thing to see. And, and you mentioned ballet. It is absolutely that. Michael Locke, our guest, CEO, American Flat Track. Uh, let's go back to Jack. Jack? Mike, do you
5: just strictly run on dirt or do you run on concrete as well if you come up to a track?
6: we uh, We have 18 rounds in the series. Um, And uh, I would describe 17 of them as being some form of dirt or other. We have crushed limestone. We have uh, clay. My God, we have clay of four or five different types. We have gravel, pea gravel at the famous Lyman circuit. We have all manners of different types of dirt surfaces. And then we have one, which is the season opener, uh, which this year at uh, Daytona, at the Daytona International Speedway, we changed it up. And three-quarters of the track is dirt, and one-quarter of the track is the banking of the Daytona road race circuit. So it's, um, it's hard top. Uh, so the riders not only have two surfaces, but they have two surfaces in one track and have to manage the transitions.
1: I like that idea, though, because... Um you know a lot of, a lot of folks believe that you know there's some types of car racing automobile racing where it's pretty much just uh, one guy gets in the front and follow the leader for 25 laps not like that not like that in Flat track uh, and you then mix it up with surface uh, surface change surface uh, inconsistencies as it will as it were Some racers are, are better on different types of services agree or disagree?
6: Oh no absolutely and I think the, the guys would admit it themselves it's, it's another reason why Flat track is somewhat unique. Uh, you know, you get to the end of the season and you're the champion. Um, you've had to be the champion over 18 rounds with everything thrown at you. Wow. Not only is the not only is the dirt different at every track, the dirt's different at different times in the day on right. the same track. Right. Um, you know, 95 degrees and the sun beating down on it at 4 p.m. is fundamentally different to after dark and the dew point rising at 9 p.m. for the mains. And and so you've got to be a wizard, uh, not only on the bike but also in in the pit. Uh, your crew have got to absolutely know what they're doing with tire pressures, uh, with suspension settings, with uh, ignition advance, with everything. You've got to be able to fine tune that bike for conditions that may not last 30 minutes.
1: Jack, you're up next.
5: Michael, is flat track just an American thing or is it international?
6: Well, it's born here, um, and I think it's the only form of professional motorcycle racing that you can say is truly born in the usa um so that makes it unique but in recent years we've seen it um springing up around the world you know the world's becoming a much smaller place it um, is particularly since the onset of the internet and we live stream every race uh, not only the main events we live stream the whole day on fanschoice.tv TV, and you can pick that up all the way around the world
1: what a what an amazing watch, uh, partnership uh, American, by the way
6: It it really is, and it's been one of the primary drivers of our growth over the last four years. Um, We're very thankful to be part of the project together with uh, NASCAR and IMSA to bring live streaming to uh, audiences around the world. And we're seeing um, amazing things happen. So if I were to tell you that on social media, on Facebook, let's say Facebook, uh, where we have nearly 900,000 followers... Wow. our number one country in the world for followers is India. Really, our number two country, yeah, our number two country in the world is the USA. Our number three country in the world is Thailand. Now, it's see, an amazing uh, world we live in.
1: <laughs> my, my other show, when when they gave it, when they gave us initially the numbers uh, of our other show, the uh, the old takedown show, and they said our our largest number of listeners online was India. I went back and I and I fact checked. I was shocked. Mm-hmm. I had no idea how big amateur wrestling was in India, with, especially when all the wrestlers over there had the last name of Kumar, <laughs> you know, even the coaches, but, and none of them are related. But it was just uh, amazing. But, but it's, a, it's a rather diverse and large population that are scrambling for entertainment, and in this case, motorcycle racing is perfect for these guys. Maybe not. Yeah, Gandhi. no, I
6: mean, abs- <laughs> a- a- no abs- absolutely, and and you know there there are countries like India that we would consider to be what we'd call developing economies, right? Which I think is modern speak for the third world. But but you look at a country like India that has over one billion people, and it is a developing economy. Sure. There's a lot of poor people there and infrastructure issues. But you know what else there is there? A very very good wireless infrastructure and millions of young men and women who ride motorcycles, Um, and they're smart, they're well-educated, so they seek it out, and we've been a massive beneficiary of that.
1: Well, final question from you, Jack, before we had to break. Okay, Michael, is
5: your sport seeing an increase in women participating in it, or is it just all guys? Mm.
6: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, uh, we have one very high profile female competitor. And we we don't have separate female classes in our racing. We have three classes, the four fifty singles production twins and the AFT twins. We have a competitor in the singles, who's actually a factory rider for Red Bull KTM called Shayna Texter.
1: Well she's on the show on a regular basis.
6: Uh, well, then your listeners will be well uh, well familiar with her. She is actually the most successful racer in that class of all time. She's yeah. won more races than anybody else. And to watch her race, all 100 pounds of her on, a, on a, quite a tall 450, is an amazing thing. Um, what that's done is, in the short term, it's really piqued the interest of female fans. I can tell you, when we do our fan walk, which we generally do around sunset, where we open up the paddock, um, we allow fans to come in. The longest line for selfies and autographs and swag is in front of Shayna Texter's tent. And it's generally speaking, very proud dads bringing their teenage or younger daughters to come and meet Shayna Texter. So it's been a real um, boost
1: for the sport. I remember her first big win was Knoxville, and I was there. We just visited her. And I remember watching her race, and that hair just flying out the back from underneath her helmet. She was biting it, man. And she was. She had every inch of that thing covered. She knew where she. She knew where she was, and everybody in the stands, everybody in the in the uh, uh, the pits, everybody was pulling for it because that was a momentous occasion. I remember riding home that night, and eating about as uh, probably two and a half pounds of bugs. Uh, on the way home in a motorcycle <laughs> and how cool it had gotten. But Shayna made it very, very worthwhile. Race fans, it all comes up August 4th. American Flat Track returns. That on the uh, heels of the big contract that was signed, returning it, of course, to Remington Park in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, for the 2020 season, that, of course, being the OKC Mile. You can be a part of this season, the 2019 season, as it will be, uh, live from Buffalo Chip at Sturgis, and then Sunday, August 4th, see. That's Sunday, August 4th, and Black Hills Half Mile presented by our good buddies at Law Tigers in Rapid City, South Dakota, Tuesday, August 6th. As always, live coverage available on fanschoice.tv. Tickets available through AmericanFlatTrack.com. If you have any questions, do not call Michael. Lock, I guarantee, is busy, but there will always be somebody there to help you. If you have some uh, pretty instantaneous needs for questions to be answered, check out AmericanFlatTrack.com. Michael, best to you and the staff. Best to all the racers out there and the fans as well this looks like a season that's just stacking up to be a great one i appreciate that
6: thanks gentlemen have a good evening barbanging you too too as well
1: there we go michael locks into the pits hey fans we're going to take quick time out you're listening to america's uh, motor racing talk show it's pit pass motor racing weekly part of the evergreen podcast system and that includes a diverse and dynamically curated blend of created programs with a wide range of lifestyle programming our network features entertaining shows with high High creativity and production values and quality that you've grown to expect from a show just like this. Pit Pass now in its 16th year. For uh, Tony Oink, Getty Kudonkamp, Camp, PJ Duran, I'm Scott Kes. For Jack and Leanne De Leon are producing this particular edition of the show. Do want to recognize and thank Chris Bishop and Tommy Boy Halverson. Tommy Boy chose to focus on Cooper and McDonald. He'll be coming up in hour number two, and uh, we'll have Rodney Smith, Cooper McDonald, and uh, our, con- our, uh, our 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 tribute continues to Carlin Dunn, who we lost on uh, let's see just uh, just over the weekend at the Pike's Peak. And uh, so we do want to recognize him. If you go back to our 7th, uh, September 4th, 28th, in addition to the program, uh, you can uh, hear our conversation with that Pikes Peak champion former winner and film producer as well coming up next justin bogle currently placed eighth overall in the lucas oil ama pro motocross championship ninth in the monster energy ama supercross championship we'll be talking to him next as justin bogle on america's motor racing talk show this is pit pass motor racing weekly
0: hi this is matt smith post-op motorcycle racer and you're listening to pit pass radio
1: Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM 229 for hard pack supercross settings, and the VRM 300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM 140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM 308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the tacky tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. Hey, Moto fans, we do our best to keep you in touch with what we're doing through our website, iHeartRadio, Facebook, Twitter, and more. Well, now you can listen to PitPass Radio on your handheld device anytime with the all-new PitPass app for Android or iPhones. Go to your app store now and download the new app, PitPass, at no charge. Yes, we have an app for that. It's the all-new PitPass app. Get it today. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.
3: 1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hickland Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest to ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high performance enduro-derived yamaha wr250r featuring long travel suspension and advanced high-end design whatever your budget or riding style yamaha has a dual sport model that's right for you for more visit yamahamotorsports.com today then visit Hicklin power sports and grimes to see the new 2017 models from yamaha the first name in dual sports dress properly for your ride with a helmet eye protection long sleeves long pants gloves and boots do not drink and ride it's illegal and dangerous don't
7: wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the Dalyon family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The Dalyons will offer you one-on-one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans and make your dreams a reality. Call the Dalyons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack Dalyon Construction, serving Iowa since
0: 1946. Hi, this is Scott Russell, and you're listening to Pit Pass
1: Radio. Well, Dick, you got to make sure you find uh, some some music of Justin Bogle. Of course, the band, uh, the hip-hop rap group, uh, make sure you uh, get some of his music to play during the, uh, the interview, okay? I think you're on the phone, but you can probably still hear me, correct? Yeah? Okay. And, and the, the name of the band, I believe, is Pac-X-M. Is that right, Justin? Is that right? Is, is Justin on? He should be
8: there. Yeah,
1: no, it's, uh, yeah, Packed image. Okay, Packed EMH. All right, so look for that band if you would. The album, of course, the, the uh, 2014 debut album, highly overdue near the top of the charts when released on iTunes. Uh, one of the most downloaded upon its release, and that's not easy to do. Justin Bogle joins us. Justin, how are you?
8: I'm great. How are you?
1: <laughs> it seems to be the question of the day. If I tell the story one more time about the root canal that went bad, I tell you, oh man! And he was—he was Justin. He was in the hospital for yeah. a week at University of—I well, yeah—but at
5: University of Iowa because they really thought that he was going to not be here.
1: Yeah, they thought I was going to uh, kick the old tray in our bucket, as we would say. Trey said, wow. "Kick this, be, be that tough guy." Anyway, anyway, welcome back, Justin. It's been a while. How, how's it going, man? It's going. It's going. It's been. Uh, it's been a fun season, a fun year. I
8: Haven't got the results I've wanted, but. You know, we're still uh, we're hanging in there and trying to keep improving as we get there. A uh, couple more weekends, trying to get up there up front, uh, see what we can do about top fives and the podium.
1: Currently uh, sitting in eighth in the Lucas Oil AMA Pro Motocross Championship and ninth in the Monster Energy AMA Supercross Championship. How different and how similar are these two styles?
8: Um, I guess the, the main thing is you're racing the same people and you're racing the same motorcycle. But other than that, it's like a completely different sport. Yeah. Supercross is, you know, you have opening ceremonies. You have, you know, 50,000 fans. You've got the the nighttime and the lights and all the excitement. Outdoors is just a grind. So <laughs> outdoors is tough. I don't think there's too many people that will tell you that they just love outdoors. You know, you love it if you win. But other than that, it's just, it's really tough. But you don't win outdoors without being being a man. So. Uh, They both have their place, and I enjoy them both. But, yeah, they're very different styles of racing for sure.
1: Let's go to Jack DeLeon. Jack, I know you've got some questions for uh, our guest, Justin Bogle. Justin, how difficult is it for you to race two series at the same time?
8: It's tough. We just don't get much of a break. I think it's the hardest thing for us, you know, Uh, physically, mentally, all that. You just get worn down racing yeah. You know, 36 times a year without much of a break. It's just, it's really tough. I don't know too many other sports or industries where that's the, the norm. So um, like this week, we have the weekend off. If it was like two rounds, weekend off, two rounds, weekend off, they'd mm-hmm. save a lot of people from from injuries and, and just sickness and all the things that a lot of us top guys are dealing with right now. Um, I think it would help with that, but you know i don't make the rules and that's not how it is so we got to try to figure out how to be as good as we can with uh whatever we have to deal with as far as rules and parameters go so yeah man it's it's tough you can't you don't have a lot of time to set your bike up you don't have a lot of time to uh get acclimated to the heat and the the uh roughness of outdoors you know so
1: it's tough. Superstar Justin Bogle joins us. Uh, JB, the, the question I've always wondered, is there one style that benefits or one series that benefits the other more? For example, does uh, the Pro Motocross Championship benefit the Supercross champi- Championship more, or is it really different each and every time you guys go out?
8: Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's tough to say. It's, it's really different. I think for Supercross, it's a little bit better because we have you know a few months leading up to it to prepare physically and to test the motorcycles so um with outdoors you get a weekend off and you go straight into it and no one really tested much for outdoors since the year before and no one's ridden outdoors since the year before so outdoors is always kind of tough and i think you know the manufacturers and the riders as well um you know with that being said go into the supercross season more prepared and with more emphasis on that because that's what people care more about
1: so you know and I want to I want to bring this up because it's not just the riders that it's a grind for okay it's those guys that turn the wrenches those guys that drive the trucks it's great guys like uh, you know your team owner Forrest Butler and and uh, Michael Byrne and, and Derek Rankin and and all the guys you know at Rocky Mountain ATV MCK at the MWPS you know if you look at all these guys that contribute and gals you uh, you know, it is a grind on them, too, and I've got to believe you're ultimately very grateful and very thankful for the team that has assembled to back your efforts both physically on the track and mentally as well, because this is as much an emotional game mentally as it is physically.
8: 100%. Um, man, I'm so incredible. You said it. I'm so incredibly grateful for the entire team. Getting picked up by Rocky Mountain ATV MC KTM was seriously a blessing. Um, having the support from Forrest Butler, you know, have believing in me enough to give me the shot. Michael Byrne has been a very big part of the program this year as well. Kind of taking me under his wing, um, during supercross and just helping me out so much. And, uh, you know, knowing that he believes in me and they believe in me that it makes it, uh, you know, a lot easier to be motivated and want to do good for those guys too. You know, you got all the guys with the team, man, it's such an incredible group. I've, never really been a part of something i felt so like i guess just a part of you know um with jr and throughout supercross my mechanic was Derek and he's an incredible dude and my mechanic now tony archer who i used to race with growing up uh man it's it's such a fun place to be and we also have an incredible motorcycle to go get the job done and some great sponsors so
1: let's talk about Uh, that bike though ktm has not come a long way we've we're past that okay ktm has become somebody that has a big old target on their back and uh, there's got to be some i got to believe the guys at the factory from from engineers on down uh are pretty proud of what they put together but uh KTM has come a long, long way, and we predicted it early as to how good they were going to get it, but you know what? We were just dipping our toes in the magical waters of motorcycling at that point, because while we had some experience, KTM has far exceeded the hopes, dreams, and everything of people that love the colors.
8: Oh, yeah, and I, everyone at KTM has so many reasons and, and every right to be extremely proud of what they've done, because they have they have turned that program around. Uh, to the point where they're one of the best ever not just right now so uh, it's an incredible thing to see unfold right in front of us and it's so awesome to be a part of it not something that you can you know predict or plan for so I'm so thankful that I'm getting to be a part of that that story there too and hopefully bring them some results you know I haven't done it this year but I'm hoping to uh you know continue my relationship with the team and everyone for next year and and be one of those guys getting them results and win. So, man, it's such a cool thing. And, and having that trust, knowing that it's up to me. You know, the motorcycle is so good, and everyone at the factory and everyone at our team so experienced and so capable that, you know, it's kind of on me to go get results. So well, that's a good place to be.
1: When you're out there and grabbing a handful, um, You, there's got to be a sense of uh, calm because you're not wondering if there's more that you can grab that, that you can grab, you know, there's plenty of power there, right?
8: Oh, exactly. You know, just, I guess faith, faith in the, in the machine that you're on in the KTM and with the team, that there's not really been any stone left unturned and that um, everyone involved in the program is, is working as hard as they can and, and are also, you know, best in the business. So that's, it takes away a lot of that uh, anxiety of, you know, not being sure if you're on the best equipment or if you're doing the best that you can do. You know, if you do the best you can do, everything will work out. And that's a, like I said, that's a great place to be.
1: You know, as we've dedicated our program to the late uh, Carlin Dunn, the late great uh, Carlin Dunn, um, we race for a lot of reasons. And I don't care if it's going up Pikes Peak. I don't care if it's a Montrose or wherever, wherever you're racing. Whatever, for, and whatever style. You know, it's what's in our blood. It's what's—it's the excitement it brings us. Initially, as kids, you know, let's face it—you uh, know, not everybody starts racing at 19 years old. Uh, but when you when you think about it, you race for that singular reason of just going out to have a good time. And then you realize, oh my goodness, I'm kind of good at this. How can I get better? You know, you look to those that you look up to. But then all of a sudden, there are these cats that you know, come crawling around and say, "Hey, you did this, this, and this." I'd like to teach you, you know, how to get better. And you just go, wow, really? You know, it's kind of a neat sport because there are people always wanted to help. Yeah. Yeah.
8: It's really cool. You know, and having people like right now, for instance, I, my riding coach, Robbie Raynard has obviously been there and done that. He's one of the most talented guys to ever swing a leg over a bike. Um, not just in my opinion, I believe that's fact. Um, and having Michael Byrne, who is also so talented and I, I feel like we can relate a lot as far as um, racing goes. And, and, you know, he had to deal with some injuries as well. So there's a lot there that we can relate to. Um, And he was very talented as well. So it's nice having people like that in your corner. You know, my agent is Jimmy Button, who is also one of the greats of this sport. So having people like that around me, I can only speak for myself, but having that input and and people that have done it and also – have made mistakes so they can kind of help you try to avoid those pitfalls and, and things like that has been such a blessing. And I also know that not everyone is super lucky to have people that actually care about you that right. have been in the shoes. So that's something that I don't take for granted at all. You know, I've had some great people around me and and I, I understand how fortunate I am.
1: And it's not just that, you know, uh, the feeling of, well, what have you done for me lately? Okay, they understand there's talent, but there's also talent in in the pits under every single tent. Every single truck is talented riders and mechanics. And, and, and to, to discount them at all is really discounting yourself. And I'm not saying you do this. I'm just saying that, you know, it, 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 sometimes it is your night. You know, you look at last year and your top, uh, you know, your top finish ever, Uh, best career season result uh, finishing ninth last year on that 450 but uh, you know we also look at what you've done to get there to that ninth place position have you had you know pretty cool uh, finishes yeah of course you have Uh, but every single one of them is one of those building blocks that you got to rely on you got to look at and say what did i learn what can i do better and how quickly can i get it done (laughs) there's no pressure yeah
8: and it's true though you know we you know, we tell ourselves how great we are and that we can do it, and and all of that. But it comes down to a lot more than just being talented, because right. every single person and every single semi is talented and have done the same things that you did growing up, winning wise, and and all of that, and being told the same things about how awesome they are. So it comes down to just really wanting it, figuring out your program, and just having a lot of grit on the weekends. Man, it's never going to be easy. It's it's really tough when you're out there. So. um yeah you just, you can't discount anybody, you know we're, we're all great at this, but uh, there's a lot that goes into being a champion, and that's a different story. So uh, I've obviously I've won a supercross title on a 250, but nothing on a 450, so we're still trying to figure that game out, but getting closer every time. So All right, Jack tells
1: me that uh, one of the songs that is on YouTube has a, parent, a parental advisory for cussing. Uh, advisory round what part of the song is that in do you know
8: Uh, every song I've probably ever made so I'm (laughs) I'm actually not I'm actually not sure about that but uh, yeah I mean I always kind of keep the two things separate because I like to be able to have you know whatever uh, ability to express myself as I want so why i don't really mix the two worlds too much but
1: well this shows another side of you though dude and that's that's the very talented justin bogle justin always good to talk to you thanks for jumping on my comeback show appreciate that so very much best of luck to you as you continue your career and uh best of forrest butler i like my i like michael Byrne too but forrest i remember in his younger years uh he was on the show quite a bit we need to get him back
8: of course yes sir and uh like I said, I'm very thankful for those guys as well. So, And thank you guys for having me on. Glad you're doing better. Hope you uh, continue to do so, and hope we talk again soon.
1: God bless, buddy. There we go. One of the good guys out there. Hey, this is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, part of the podcast. Uh evergreen podcast production system this portion of the show brought to you by fly racing fly racing loves to share photos of its fans just like you that's why they created the fly wall the fly wall is a fun way for racing fans to share their photos on the fly racing website simply head over to flyracing.com look for the fly wall menu in the upper right hand corner of the homepage. choose a post a pick clicker and upload a favorite pick of yourself if approved guess what's going to happen your photo is going to go up on the flywall. It's just that simple. So head on over to flyracing.com. Upload your photos, your pics for a chance to be featured on the fly wall. Is there a greater honor than that? I don't think so. Other than perhaps being invited to be on this very show. If you'd like to or know of somebody you would like to hear on this program, we'd like to hear from you. Make sure you on our homepage, click the contact us button and tell us who you'd like to hear from and we'll do our level best to get them on the show. For all of us at Pit Pass, Scott Casper with you. I want to thank Michael Ock, Justin Bogle. They joined us uh, in this hour. We'll finish the hour with Lane Michael. Yeah, he's got a a pretty good uh, history uh, in his 2018 GNCC season, taking 11th place in the overall class, currently placing 22nd. And we'll tell you why when we come back. Lane Michael's next. This is Pit Pass. Stay tuned.
0: Hi, my name is Ben Evans. I'm a professional motocross and supercross racer, and you're
9: listening to Pit Pass Radio. (laughs)
3: <laughs> With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's trackaddicts.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with Track Addicts Track Days. (laughs) With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 ProFit Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove and you have Generation Next Racewear built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information, visit flyracing.com. It's much more than a piston company. Wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance
1: products including forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets and hubs, crankshafts, camshafts, forged connecting rods and valves. At Wiseco, we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine engine, or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wisco. WISCO has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high-quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals. WISCO.
7: America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO.
3: Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.
1: Passionate about riding motorcycles, off-road and on? Well, visit Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa, and see the full line of 2017 Yamaha Dual Sports. From the simple-to-ride electric start TW200 to the nimble lightweight XT250 to the racing derived performance of the WR250R, Yamaha has your ride. Visit Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa, today. Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes. Dressed properly for your ride with a helmet? Eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Don't drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. The point is good. Drink Swell Vodka, proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Like Swell Vodka on Facebook. Find Swell at fine stores that sell spirits.
10: Hey, this is Ben Bostrom.
1: You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. That's what's up. Benny Bostrom. Thank you, buddy. Hey, one of the things, um, you know, we do in the studio during commercial breaks, we might, you know, surf around TV, might check out what else is on, watching these uh, BMX guys that are going for height. And they get drugged down this uh what i call a board track if you will a straight board track but they get drugged down for speed by big 450 or whatever you know whoever's pulling them and they go up this ramp and then there's a pole that they must ascend if you will and some of these guys are going 29 30 31 feet up in the air before they turn around here's what happens next if you land correctly cool but if you don't maybe you taco your front uh, rim uh, a lot of pressure on the back of course the forks i um, imagine the pressure the pounds per square inch of energy that's exerted just by that downward return to earth you know what i'm talking about jack yes sir it ain't easy it ain't easy no not
5: it not easy but if you you have misjudge that yeah um you're probably going to take
1: a ride in an ambulance lane michael have you ever done uh bmx and and jump for height and that, uh, that kind of crazy stuff uh,
0: not too much when i was a kid i kind of rode some bmx bikes a little bit but yeah i never got to, uh never got too crazy into it
1: it's it's amazing and, and guys do get hurt by the way there will oh, be guys sure. that they get knocked out, man. I tell you what, concussions are uh, a part of that uh, particular sport as well. Groomed to ground for sure, but, man, when you come down, there's a whole lot of uh, control that's been removed from your control. Lane Michael, our guest. Lane, how are you?
0: Yeah, doing well. Just, uh, just out here in California doing some riding with uh, one of my buddies, so it's, uh, it's going good.
1: And what was it, uh, high... Yeah, high voltage, I think. You had a, a season best eighth place finish there. That was in early July, so just about a month ago or thereabouts. Uh currently placed seventh overall in the Kendall Full Gas sprint enduro, uh where you finished in fourth in twenty sixteen and twenty eighteen. Um, what has been a difference maker for you this year and, and where's the confidence? How do you feel?
0: Uh well this year has been pretty pretty rough. Uh I've only done a total of five races all year. Just uh kind of got injured in a, in a training incident and I think beginning of February and ended up breaking a collarbone and, um, had surgery on it once and then started riding again, probably like seven weeks. And, um, yeah, I came back for steel Creek was my first race back, but unfortunately I busted an incision open on my arm and then let that heal. I didn't even really let it heal. I got Staples put my arm in that race the following weekend at a Sprint Darrow and then oh, fun. another, and then another GNCC. But then at the second GNCC I did for the years at, uh, Camp Coker. And I think I got seventh or eighth. I'm i I'm not sure. I mean, I was no, nowhere near ready to race, but showed up and gave it a go. And then, um, come to find out like two weeks later, I was getting ready to leave for the next race. And my collarbone was bothering me. And, um, ended up it it was broke again the plate broken too so Oh wow. It, yeah so I had to have another surgery and um yeah so but I'm healthy now and then I was able to get uh about 3 weeks on the bike before uh before that high voltage race so it's been uh it's been a rough year for sure but um you know I I feel like you know I'm headed in the right direction now um just been uh been keeping at it here we went to the beach for a week after uh well after high voltage we had another sprint enduro but then after that went to the beach a little bit just with some family and then uh yeah back to it feels uh feels wrong to kind of take a week off uh right now just without the years been so it's uh it's good to kind of keep at it and uh progress and get to uh get to where i want to be
1: so as i've spent quite a bit of time and america's uh, hospitals some have well they all have something i like but there's at least one of them that uh, is just absolutely amazing is i know it's a silly question but is there a hospital that you just go wow you know if i'm going to be in a hospital for a while i want to be in that hospital
0: uh i've only been to a couple so i can't speak too much for it um so, yeah, I mean, nothing crazy. Like, I've never had to have any over, overnight stays. Oh, wow. Like, that's it's where, it's where I've seen anything cool. So uh, <laughs> I've just had to go in and get out. So
1: <laughs> And they're probably happy to see you, right?
0: Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm not happy to see the bill, that's for sure.
1: That's right. That's why we have something called insurance.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a good thing we got it, too.
1: Lane, Michael, our guest on the very program. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Uh, do you pay much attention to uh, the other racing that's going on, for example, Washougal?
0: Yeah, actually, I went to Washougal. Um I, I flew out with uh, one of my buddies, and then that's kind of how I ended up here at, uh, out in California. He had to come do some testing, so I just kind of tagged along and called Husky up. They got me a bike, so just out here doing a little riding with him.
1: That's cool. Now, when you can call Puskvarn and say, "Hey, this is where I'm going to be. What do you got?" Yeah, we'll be right there. You need a helmet? <laughs> yeah, I could use one of those too. Is it just that easy?
0: Uh, well, it was a little pre, little more pre-planned than that. <laughs> I had a few days' notice, so I was able to, uh, I was able to have my gear bag with me, so I have all that. But uh, yeah, they were they were gracious enough to uh, to get me a bike to ride while I'm out here. So it's. Uh, makes
1: it nice well 2019 as you mentioned there have been some uh, hiccups and giddy but at the same time we're seeing results and it seems like uh what a high voltage you were an eighth uh, camp coker bullet and i, I do want to ask you about camp coker bullet here in a minute but uh ninth prior to that steel creek 21st uh, and then we go all the way back into 2018, of course. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, and talk to us about Camp Coker Bullet because we don't hear a, an awful lot about it. But uh, there's a, a ton of guys out there that w- with some respect. Can you talk to us about it?
0: Yeah, I mean uh, Camp Coker is it's a tough race. It's kind of got that sandy uh, black dirt mix, so it gets uh, it gets super rough and kind of whooped out. Kind of similar to Florida, but it's just got that harder base, so it's it can get pretty square edged and. Uh, and then you got roots thrown thrown in it too. So it's, uh, definitely one of the more physically demanding races just with how, you know, kind of rough it gets around the whole track. So it's kind of good that it's round four. So at least you get a few GCs under your belt and then obviously you get Florida out of the way, which is probably one of the, one of the toughest ones. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a brutal race. I mean, it's normally hot that time in South Carolina. I mean, you're starting, you know. Kind of in April there, beginning of April when that race is. So
1: it's a pretty brutal race for sure. You know, Tony Wink doesn't mind humidity. I think he's been uh, pretty clear, pretty, pretty creative in his description of what humid races are for him. He's down at uh, Loretta's right now, by the way. And uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of humidity. Okay, I'd rather have it 68 degrees in my house than any kind of humidity. How about you? Do you do do you react physically? uh, to a warm and humid climate more so than a cool, uh, climate with, uh, let's say a high dew point.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I spend a lot of time kind of, or I have this year down in Florida kind of in it as I've, uh, been back riding. So when I did go up to like when I did go up to, for the high voltage race, like with the, the humidity, it was, it, I mean, it was brutal up there in July. I mean, it's still hot up there too. So I just think coming, like if you train in it more often than when you do have a race that's, that's in it, it's obviously makes it a little easier just because you're accustomed to it. Where if you were to just kind of come from a place that doesn't have too much, uh, humidity or or anything like that and you come to it, it just feels like it's about suffocating you. So, uh, it's definitely one of those things, I think, the more the more time you spend in it, uh, kind of the better it is and your body will adapt to it.
1: I mean, the, the One of the things, uh, you know, I cover an awful lot of different types of sports, and uh, periodically, even with all the years I've been in broadcasting, radio, and television, I still get a little bit starstruck. Uh, and, Lane, you've been around the business for a while, the sport for a while. Um, is there still one of those guys you go, oh, my God, that's, uh, you know, that's that's let's say it's Michael Locker or whoever, I'll just throw a name out there. Is there. Do you still get starstruck sometimes uh, being around some of these cats?
0: Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, I've kind of been able, not as much in GNCC, like you just kind of grown up with all those all those guys, you know, so it's not, not kind of, you know, you don't have to pinch yourself by no means. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I've become, you know, pretty good friends with quite a few guys on the motocross side, and obviously as a kid when you, you know, watching those, I mean, that's, you know, that's making it for off-roaders in a sense, you know, like, uh, that seems like that's where, you know, obviously your dreams as a kid, that's where they started out, and sure. obviously they changed, but um, yeah, I've been able to, you know, be friends with quite a few of those guys, so it's kind of, it's kind of cool, but I mean, when, they, when you get down to it, they're just like uh, every other person, I mean, they're just kids and, and uh, just normal people as well.
1: What about X Games? Any uh, any interest there? Uh,
0: I don't quite know what event I'd be able to compete in there. They got rid of EnduroCross. That would have been the only one I'd have ever had a chance to compete in, really. Other than that, I don't think there's uh, too much I'd be able to do there.
1: I was scratching my head when they did that. I didn't quite understand why they did it, but obviously, it, as we were talking with Michael Locke, American Flat Track, earlier, you know, it really does boil down to money. Is there money to support the effort correctly? And if you're not going to yeah. do it correctly, why do it, right? Yeah, for it? sure. Uh, let's uh, give you a chance to uh, reel off your sponsor list, man. Who you got, Lane?
0: Yeah. so this year I've had uh, Husqvarna. They stayed behind me. Um, and then I had uh, FXR, gear company. They've uh, stepped up and been huge. And uh, Hoosier tires, um, FMFs, car goggles, bell helmets. Um, We've got Mobius knee braces. And... You know I'm sure there's quite a few others that kind of can't name off the top of my head, but uh you know they've they've all benefited quite a quite a bit in my program this year and uh I'd just be good to uh to get them some results by the time this year's over,
1: you know you look at Hoosier and i've done a lot of announcing of car races over the years and uh, those hoover skins man you know once they're dead they are dead but uh, you know quite a history uh, with the tire company and quite a love for for racing of all types but always good to talk to you pally and uh, we wish you the best and the balance and uh, we look forward to having you back on the show soon okay Yep, sounds good. Thank you very much. There we go. He's heading to the pits. Elaine Michael, I want to thank Justin Bogle and Michael Lockley. we uh, were also guests in our number one of our return show as I make my return back to the airwaves. Didn't think I was going to get any sound out of the voice box, but, man, the doctors did a wonderful job of making it happen. Let's take a look at some of the rec- uh, results from Moto- Motocross, the Washugo round, if you will. 450 results. It was Marvin Muskin in third, Kenny Roxon in second, uh, who continues to amaze me and Eli Tomac in first in the 450s. 250 results had Justin Cooper in third, Adam C. and Cirillo in second, and Dylan Ferrandez in, uh, in first place. A so nice job there. Uh, hopefully we'll get some results from the Czech Republic here coming up. I know Roman finished in first there, but I'll see if I can pick up the results from the balance. Coming up, our number two of the program, and that's around the corner, by the way. Rodney Smith and Cooper McDonald are going to be joining us as we continue To uh, recognize and salute uh, Carlin Dunn, who uh, lost his life at Pikes Peak uh, just uh, a few short days ago. And that has put a suspension, by the way, on uh, future racing of motorcycles on Pikes Peak for the balance of 2020. Uh, anyway, we look forward to talking to you uh, in our next hour. Scott Casper, Freddie Camp Tony Wink, uh, PJ Duran, Chris Bishop, Tommy Boy Halverson, Jack and Leanne DeLeon, De and each and every one of you. This is an Evergreen Podcast production. This is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings, and the VRM300, it's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140, it's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new four-star model for racing or recreation riding Big Four Strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT-approved. Most of the tires are available in the new Slow Rebound Tacky Compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the Tacky Tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a Tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber!
8: Ricky Carmichael. This is Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Tiemouth. This is Kelly Smith.
1: This
0: is Travis Petrov. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now,
1: Pit Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, part of the family of Evergreen Podcasts from the Evergreen Podcast production system. You can check out Evergreen Podcasts at evergreenpodcast.com for a diverse and dynamically curated blend of creative programs with a wide range of lifestyle programming. Our network features entertaining shows great creativity and production values and of course, Quality and we're part of it. Happy to be number one in the whole family, and we appreciate that opportunity to entertain you each and every week. It's Scott Casper with you on this uh, what we call their turn show after being gone for several weeks in, in hospital, in and out, and uh, seemingly on the road to recovery. We'll see, uh, but do want to thank the docs and nurses that took care of me and the family as well for taking care of uh, everything they needed to do, to do back here in our uh, home state and home city of Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, to say thanks to Eddie Camp, Tony Wake, and P.J. Duran. They all have the weekend off and a uh, particular program off, I should say. Chris ba- Bishop and Tommy Boy Halverson uh, are joining us in uh, just the various questions we ask throughout the program. Come, um, coming up, we will have conversation with Cooper McDonald, and I know that uh, we've got a bunch of questions, including a surprise bonus question for Cooper, and that, of course, from Tommy Boy Halverson. Uh, we'll start the program off with Rodney Smith, but before we get there, I want to let you know that this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Wiseco Performance Product, a, a full line of forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets, clutch hubs, crankshafts, forged connecting rods, valves, and more for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, PwC, outboard marine, and automobile on planet Earth. It's one name, one solution. It's Wiseco, wiseco.com. All right. Uh, you know, we had a great hour, number one. I, I, don't, I don't care, to. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to be shy, but it was a good, a good hour as we helped to kick off the uh, season that is flat track starting august 4th uh, we had michael lock on he's always fun and full of information and always growing aft so it's a uh, american flat track is uh, riding high right now and we expect that to continue justin bogle joined us talk a little bit about his season what's going on in his career as did lane michael if you missed any part of it go back to our website where leanne has dutifully and artfully assembled those very interviews on our website you can go listen to them at no charge and we'd appreciate hearing from you if there's somebody you'd like to hear on our program let us know we'd love to hear from you and we'll do our level best to get them on the show and if there's a specific reason you would like to uh, have us have them on the program let us know that too because uh, if you could pique our interest we'll work that much harder once you say that's true i think it is jack you, you think that's true right absolutely i mean there are folks that uh, have never been on this program and we'd love to have them on and uh, gosh you know sometimes it's not easy to get them but by golly We do our level best. This portion of our program, as our number one was, our number two is dedicated to the memory of Carlin Dunn. We had him on the show September 4th. He died earlier this month at Pikes Peak. That race, uh, as a matter of fact, is put on hold now uh, for the balance of 2020. Uh, There will be no motorcycle racing, and they're evaluating whether or not motorcycle racing will return to Pikes Peak. The former winner and film producer lost his life there uh, at Pikes Peak earlier this month so our thoughts and prayers are with his family his friends and of course the entire industry that absolutely loved carlin dunn all right let's go to our very first guest of this particular hour it's rodney smith if you want to see a guy that just knows how to adapt and win rodney smith is that man he joins us now from northern california rodney how are you i'm
10: doing good thank you
1: is that where you are rodney uh, in northern no cal right now
10: yeah i'm actually uh in the bay area they, they call it the bay area it's an hour from san francisco and an hour from sacramento
1: what's going on out
10: there um, uh, well we had a little bit of a heat wave this last weekend but it's cooled off now and um i don't know for me it's kind of the better part of california we got some good trails and good mountains and um, a little bit of everything so yeah northern california is a place to be for riding
1: i don't want to make this a political show but uh, of course <laughs> the conversation is uh, in many ways surrounding california uh, on all networks and it's talk, they're talking of course about the homeless situation uh, with not just uh, veterans but also just normal fo- folks and we're talking tens of thousands of people living on the streets and the reemergence emergence of uh, several types of diseases that have been gone like the black plague for example that have been gone from uh, uh, at least the face of the earth for quite some time but now making uh, its return or the return of these various diseases what are you hearing being a resident of Cali?
0: You know,
10: I haven't been I don't even watch this, I don't pay too much attention to it. But I can tell you I've seen a rise in homeless. Um, never really noticed it much before, but it's getting bad. Um, even the time that I'm living in, you see them by the road tracks and you see tents and stuff popping up everywhere and uh you know, after living in Brazil back in the eighties and seeing all the poor and poverty and stuff like that, it's starting to see that in America now. It's starting to see these little camps, you know, where twenty or thirty homeless people kinda of get together and, and build their little place and uh it, it's it's bad. It's uh like I said, it's growing fast. I mean, I can't believe how many people
1: are homeless here in my town. It's uh, it's crazy. We pray for them, and, of course, we pray for our lawmakers to make the right decisions to help benefit these folks and pull them up and out of poverty, out of homelessness and all that. We're talking with Northern California superstar Roddy Smith, and I mentioned one of the most versatile racers ever, grabbing wins at the highest level in both motocross before switching off to off-road and carving out one of the greatest careers ever in the woods and the desert. Uh, 13 AMA-sanctioned national championship to his credit, including five Grand National Cross-Country titles, three AMA National Hair Scramble titles, and five, this one really gets it, five AMA National Reliability Enduro Championships. Which is your favorite? If, if there was a style that you've competed in over the years here in America and elsewhere, is, is there a particular style that really just tripped your trigger?
10: Well, I think probably the most prestigious championships are the GNCC obviously, because that's where all the competition was. and um for a guy from west from the west coast to go out back east and uh, you know learn and adapt to their riding style or to their terrain and to uh, bring home a couple championships back there was pretty pretty um, intense. Um, I had a lot of people tell me I'd never be able to do it. You know, from the west
9: coast.
8: <laughs>
10: but that being said, my favorite was uh, the old school national hair scramble back in the uh, you know early two thousands late nineties when it was a true national championship. They basically was a nine-race series. They had three on the West Coast, three in the Central, and three on the East Coast. So to me, and it was like a GMCC-type format. I mean, that's basically the same thing. But it brought all the different types of terrain. Like, when you'd race one out in the West Coast, they're a bit more high-speed, desert, faster terrain. When you ride in the Central Oklahoma, more rocky and that kind of stuff, Texas. But then when you got to the East Coast, you had the Tiger Woods. So to me, that championship was a true championship because it brought out the best of all you know, who can adapt to all the different types of styles of terrain and across the country, you know, and uh, bring home the championship was was prestigious to me. That was uh, a pretty cool, cool gift.
1: Your family really started to endorse and embrace motorcycle racing back in the 60s and 70s, and it was there, from there, I should say, that uh, uh, you, you blossomed into what we call local motocross standout and then an international contender. I think that first... Uh, hand up was, what, 1985, when you accepted an offer to race in Brazil. What was that offer like when you heard the offer number one, and uh, obviously you went down and, and uh, did some damage winning five Brazilian national championships?
10: Yeah, I think the, one of the main reasons I the, the avenue to Brazil was uh, in 1985, I was racing well, 83 and 84. and 85, I was a support rider for Yamaha here in America. And they were really struggling at that time with their 125s um, with power. And I remember they just kept promising, you know, like in 1985, was supposed to be a really good 125 all do. And for the first round of Gainesville, it was still the slowest bike on the track. There was only me and Keith Bowen that were riding in the national circuit. And They just were not even close. And I'd already spent 82 and 84 trying to build my career and, and trying to test, you know, a bike. And I was struggling. I'd get a third one moto, and then bike with DNF the next moto. You know, um, so I, I kind of didn't want to spend you know another third year on a bike that wasn't equivalent to everybody else's. Um, I think I went to Daytona Supercross and did real well, got us eighth or ninth or something that year. And then the people from Brazil asked me to, to come down there. And I remember asking uh, Yamaha at the time if I could switch to the 500 class because that winter in the Golden State, I'd won a couple of Golden states against Phil Larson and those guys that were some of the top top riders in the open class. So I kind of wanted to switch just something that would be a little bit better you know i didn't want to i didn't want to have to fight and test all year on the on the 125 again Um, i was figuring so that's why i took the army to brazil uh the money wasn't all that great at the time uh turned out to be a really good good way of going but um yeah it was just different
1: it's a part of the world where you you know we're we're up here luckily uh in the good old usa but uh you know brazil has its uh champions it has its uh uh, opportunities for guys just like you. you know, any type of racing can surely improve uh, your abilities and uh, your desire to compete at, at a variety of different levels. There's got to be some guys, though, that you looked up to that were heroes to you growing up. Who were they?
10: Brock Clifford, Uh Brock Clifford, yeah. Yeah, you know, I just like the Golden Boy. He was always an intelligent, smart, clean rider. I like Johnson. I liked Henry McGrath, Carmichael. Um, they were pretty they were good, good, good
1: in their day weren't they McGrath and Carmichael well, bet. Yeah, yeah <laughs> <laughs> the
10: but they were good I liked their attitude I liked their training um, you know GMR even because um, I was you know grew up in a sport my parents used to ride motorcycles and when I was in, in elementary school and stuff like that we were like considered the Hell's Angels you know for right. dirt biking. and I remember when the movie on any came out it kind of helped change their whole career uh, people saw dirt biking as a little different of a sport and um so I felt like I was kind of in part of that, you know, helping try to make motorcycle become a, a real sport, like an athlete sport, and get recognition, and not just be, um, you know, dirt bags, hmm. uh, help the type people, you know. So it was really important to me to bring that clean attitude, to show that we weren't on drugs, to show that we were, you know, hardcore trainers, you know, just like any other type of sport.
1: There was a house uh, three doors up from my dad's gas station when I was growing up, and uh, they were honest to god hell's angels. Uh, you know riders they weren't racers by any stretch of the imagination they wore their cuts proudly and their dirty blue jeans and their big black boots and lots of chains and whatnot but uh, i remember they would walk in front of my dad's gas station on the way to the uh, little corner grocery store and they'd always bring me back a uh, a fudgicle and after they turned the corner, my dad had grabbed that fudgicle and he'd throw it in the trash can. He said, don't you ever take anything from those guys. And I was going, but it's just a fudgeicle. He says, it represents a lot more than just a fudgicle." He said, that's where it starts. <laughs> yeah. My dad had it right to begin with. My goodness sakes. We're talking with Rodney Smith. Rodney, of course, uh, one of those Hall of Fame cats. If you'd like to read a little more about him, you can do so at MotorcycleMuseum.org. Um, there are certain parts of his career has spilled over into other parts it's not like he just stopped doing one discipline and went right to the next sometimes uh, the 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 disciplines spilled over into each other uh you know it's not like evil knievel ever went out and raced dirt bikes and then became a jumper or became a stunt guy you know he was either one or the other you know he liked to ride motorcycles but he really liked to jump he loved the thrill of the jump Uh, did you in your career did you ever get a Evil? he was a regular on the show until his untimely death but um you know it's guys like that that really helped build motorcycling up because he looked to be the clean uh cut all-american cat that may have drank a little too much beer or whatever but you know he took riding a motorcycle and jumping a bike to completely different levels and i think all of us put a board on a tire and attempted to jump on that tire stupid me! i was one of those guys yeah how about you
10: Oh yeah, definitely. I was an Evil Knievel fan growing <laughs> up. I had the little uh, motorcycle, I had a little motor home with a ramp that you jumped the motor home on the bike and um, you know, and then of course we adapted to it on bicycles and started to create little jumps and you know, thinking that we're the next evil Knievel. Sure. Sure.
1: You know, uh-huh. his son, Robbie, always answered the phone when I call because uh, we're we're located in central Iowa, and his grandparents lived in Perry, Iowa for years and years and years, and he spent quite a few summers uh, up and around Perry, Iowa, so he always remembers that with uh, a great deal of affection, but uh, sadly, they did not get along until the, well, not even at the end. The two uh, were, very, I think, very much alike. But would you agree that uh, Evil and his red, white, and blue machines and helmets and the colors uh, really helped set motorcycling on a what I would call a positive trend?
10: Yeah, definitely. I think it got everybody's attention, and uh, people started paying more attention to it. Um, and I think another one that's kind of not, now that you say that's kind of following his footsteps and goes right into another one of my idols is uh, Travis Pastrana. You know? Oh, wow. He got the freestyle stuff and uh, from a racer, you know, into his shows, and, you know, he learned how to... You know, not just be a racer, but to bring motorcycling to a different atmosphere. And and he was a clean-cut kid. You know, he wasn't the uh, tattooed-up, you know, the other freestyle-type riders. He was more of a clean-cut and and trainer. And um, I really idolized him a lot, too. I think he's brought motorcycling to a new level.
1: I think Travis, one of the secrets to Travis, and this is my estimation, of course, but it was that his father was involved. Uh, and still, is to you know, a degree at least. Family is involved to a degree, but when you go out and recreate all three of Evil's biggest Vegas uh, events uh, and nail them on a bike with—I don't remember what the travel was on that uh, on that Indian, but uh, it surely wasn't what Evil uh, the travel on Evil's bike. Uh, but they were stiffer, heavier. Uh, and at least the bikes that Travis was was uh, using in Vegas. But boy, did he have fun prepping it and then, uh, yeah. uh, you know, presenting it. It was, it was a show, and I think most people out there thought if Evil couldn't do it one event, you know, every six, ten months, Travis is going to do all three in one night? But he did. Yeah. He did. Yeah. I mean, really? if, if you weren't a Travis Patrona fan at that, you know, prior to that, you surely turned the, the TV off that night going, wow,
10: wow. Yeah, no kidding.
1: And a lot of people look at your career that way. I mean, Roddy well, Smith, you got out there and got after it in a big way.
10: It's interesting. I was listening to you talk about it, and um, it brings back some other things, thoughts to my mind. But, you know, I was—I grew up in a family that went trail riding and, and rode enduros and stuff like that when I was little. And up until I was about 13, 14, and uh, one of our family friends said, hey, you need to take this kid motocrossing. So my dad took me to motocrossing, I think, at the age of 13. Right. And I clicked right away, started doing really well, and we kind of just turned into a motocross kid, you know, going racing every weekend. And we quit trail riding, we quit camping, and... uh you know, doing drills and stuff like that. My brother was an older drill rider. But, um, so for the next, I don't know, 10, 15 years, I became a motocross. And then in that type, you know, full, full motocross career. And then when I retired in 92, I came back home from Europe and I retired from racing motocross. Kind of was a little bit lost into what I wanted to do, and um, motocross kind of became a job. And I was just learning how to enjoy riding my motorcycle again and, and uh, having fun with it. And I went and did four major off-road events in 92, which was a qual- six-day qualifier in Idaho, one in Oregon. I did the Virginia City Grand Prix and something else. And I won all four of them. And Suzuki America called me up and said, hey, we want you to ride for us. Uh, we want you to go do six days. And I want you to write for us
9: off-road.
10: <laughs> and I remember I didn't really want to um, do it because I didn't want it to become a job again. But I you know, talked to my friend and we did it my way. And for the next couple of years, I, I just kept it fine, you know. Um,
9: That's the secret. But,
10: but I went from a motocross career to an off-road career. And I remember when I got into off-road, people didn't really know who I was because I was a motocrosser. And then after five or six, seven, eight years of off-road, nobody knew I really used to do motocross.
9: <laughs> it was kind
10: of cool. But I'll tell you who's really impressing me a lot right now and who I've been paying a lot of attention to is Ryan Pike. Oh, yeah. Because he's doing a little bit of everything at all at the same time.
9: Mm-hmm.
10: Whereas, like I said, I did motocross for 15 years, and then I turned and did off-road for 15 years. He is doing off-road, flat-track, motocross, everything, you know, every other day which is kind of really unique
1: and cool. we love to have him on the show, too, because uh, fascinating to talk to, you, as are you, Rodney. Rodney, I'm up against the clock, but i got to tell you, it's always yep. a pleasure to have you on the show, my friend. Anytime I get to talk to an honest-to-God Hall of Famer, and we go back to 2015 when you were inducted, I was perhaps as excited as you were, if not even more so, because uh, you got one of your biggest fans talking to you on the show on this particular episode. I appreciate the time and the opportunity every single time. we it's get
10: you guys talking to me. Yeah, it's awesome
1: rodney smith thanks rodney thank you guys well oh, man that's that's one of the uh, absolutely good guys and i appreciate that
5: i am going to give you a break with your voice for a second okay. there's, there's something that i wanted to bring up okay over the weekend yeah we had a gentleman that was living on the south side on his way home on a motorcycle right uh pickup failed to yield at the intersection and basically hit him and killed him yeah, And we talk about this, Scott, all the time, especially the beginning yeah. of every season, that you need to realize, look out for the people that are on motorcycles. That's right. Because, you know, he had a wife, had kids, you know, he was like in his 50s someplace. Yeah. 59. 59? 59. Yeah, yeah. He was, yeah, he was 59, you know, and it's just, family it's heartbreaking. Friend.
1: family friend. Well, what it is, and, and I will tell you this, and, and Sheriff Kevin Schneider, Polk County Sheriff, was in studio not that long ago. He said, you can ride your motorcycle, but you also have to drive those cars because you got to think, put yourself in that situation. And if you don't, sadly, you're leaving yourself wide open. So yeah. good good job bringing that up, Jack. I appreciate that. And our thoughts and prayers go out to that family as well. Yeah, remember, don't just look both ways, look always always Mm -hmm. keep your eyes wide open all right next up cooper mcdonald joins us coop how are you buddy i'm doing good how are you good man getting better back in the saddle and uh you know when you're lying in a hospital bed wondering if you're ever going to be able to talk again Uh, and that's how you make your living and and exercise your art. It that's um, a little scary, but uh, sure glad to have you on the show, and sure glad you're on this particular episode. You made your debut at Virginia, scoring a podium at Utah, sitting ninth. Excuse me, ninth, tenth. I would like to see a ninth, but I'll be happy with tenth in the Twins Cup points. Solid start for you. Tell us a bit about your racing past and how you came to ride for AP Moto Arts team.
2: You know, I uh, I had the opportunity to practice on a Yamaha. TZ85 back in 2015 on my 15th birthday. Oh, wow. um, and from there, you know, uh, I was a natural to it and I started my first racing season in 2016 and did half the season there. Um, and at the midway point of the season, they promoted me to the ex- uh, expert division. Um, that way I could run with people that were more my pace. Um, and From there, I just uh, raced in the expert class for the next few years. Um, And then towards the end of the 2018 season, Andy Palmer over at uh, AP Moto Arts contacted me, uh, offering him and my dad, Sam McDonald, uh, to work on his team. Basically, my dad would be the mechanic for the team and I would be a lone rider. And from there, uh, we we made our debut we slowly have made progress all throughout
1: the season. And then that's, that's you know, not everybody can be uh, uh, Camboubier or, or, or Sipes or whatever discipline, whatever style. Not everybody can be number one right out of the box, but uh, you've caught uh, uh, your share of attention. As a matter of fact, at the last round at Laguna Seca, you were running right up there with the leaders until having a, uh, a special moment in turn three, dropping back to finish eighth. Tell us what happened there, and have you replaced your tire gauge yet?
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, the second that we got back, we had uh, someone sponsor us a tire gauge. But basically what <laughs> happened is that uh, we went out for Friday practice and everything was good. We were getting the bike dialed in. And it was looking like we were going to have a good chance for the victory at Laguna Seca. You know, I got the podium at Utah, so I had a, a lot of rebound and I had a lot of momentum going into Laguna and mind you, this is the first time I've been to any of these tracks, so we were really just wanting a top 10 throughout the entire season. Um, but, yeah, so we went through Friday practice and qualifying, and I uh, ended up qualifying on the front row with uh, Alex Dumas and Michael Barnes uh, to finish off the front row. Um, and I got a good start, and uh, for the first seven laps, the tires did not act faulty at all. They, I mean, uh, it wasn't as grippy as it was in qualifying, um, but what happened was we, uh, we had a faulty tire gauge and I was running about 10 pounds too much in the front and 10 pounds too much in the, wow. um, and after lap seven, it went to zero. And as you saw in the clips, I, uh, I went from 100 to zero in about two corners. Um, and from there, I just, uh, counted my winnings and finished off with a, lonely eighth place but um out of 30 so we still weren't very upset.
1: did you say lonely or lowly uh lonely yeah okay.
2: everyone <laughs> else kind of took
1: off yeah i, <laughs> I think i i would agree with the use of either one of those words now you got people offering advice uh support in a variety of ways but uh, there's a former 500 cc world champ in your corner who is this person and what kind of help does he offer
2: you know uh Kevin Schwantz has always been a really good uh, (laughs) family friend of ours, you know, uh, since back in the uh, early eighties, you know, uh, we've known him for a very, very long time. And uh, he doesn't necessarily coach me like you would uh, say a coach. He's more of a mentor. And of course, anytime a world champion uh, offers you advice, you take it. Um, But I would not, I would not classify him as like a, Uh, day-to-day mentor or like coach he's just a mentor and a really really good friend of ours
1: well we love schwantz he's been on the show so many times and every time it's gold baby gold i say (laughs) all right besides moto america you've been doing some racing in the cmr uh cmra series Uh, what classes have you been racing
2: um i've been racing on my uh, yamaha fc07 which uh is basically legal in any of the twins classes. So uh, the Formula Two um, heavyweight twins, um, I would run my Yamaha R6 in the C e Superstock and C Superbike, um, and alongside B Superbike and B Superstock. So I'd run just miscellaneous uh, classes to try to pick up my speed there. Um, seat I, time, I seat time. Right? I mean,
1: you're. Sure. Yeah, seat time is everything.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm. And I'm coming at a disadvantage uh, from overall experience because we we did a tally, and I'm still under 30 race weekends total since I've started because every year I've missed half a season, whether it's a broken bone or blowing up a motor and ending the season. I've only finished about, I think it's 26 race weekends total. Um, So I'm, I'm, I'm going against people that have been racing three to four times the amount that I have—that's crazy—and
1: uh, and and and, uh, and, and, and you are competitive. That's the best part, you know. How good if you had those extra rounds and and uh, the extra years of, of experience? How good would you be today if you'd had that experience? Well, woulda, shoulda, coulda. We're gonna stand on uh, on what you have done based on uh, your you know the time you've spent. Next question. We go uh, next. Moto America round Sonoma, followed by Pittsburgh, Jersey. The season finale at Barber. Um, Are these all new tracks for you, or have you competed uh, in one or more of them?
2: I have never been to any of the tracks on the Moto America calendar. Uh, All of these, in the first practice, I'm doing my first lap. Um, So it's really just me learning and developing the track, and that's why we think next year, um, if I do uh, have the uh, possibility to do a whole season, I would love to do a whole season, you know, I really do think I'd be competitive for the championship, but uh, like I said, I haven't made all the rounds this year, and um, so I am well off in the points. But I am still learning the tracks, and we're hoping that next year we can really put on a fight.
1: Your teammate is our is our buddy Drake, the Drake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he insists on people calling him the Drake, Drake uh, Beecham. Yes, sir. Um, and he's got a kind of a special buddy that kind of you know comes down the pits and visits every once in a while, and uh, gives you some Matrix talk. What's it like having a superstar star like Keanu Reeves just hanging out?
2: Oh, you know, yeah, it it is so cool because you just got, you know, like I said, I'm running, I'm I'm working with Drake. You know, it's really cool to work with someone that has been racing for as long as he has, and especially as talented as he has, and he has the uh, the contacts with people such as Keanu Reeves. It's it's really cool to. uh, be able to be in a situation where I'm meant
1: to meet people like that. I I think the world of Keanu anymore uh, didn't really know what to think of him early in his career, but the more I know of him now and how generous he is, uh, you know, with helping charitable efforts and cancer, et cetera, it just makes me think that this is one of the good people God put on earth, and I'm really super, super glad that uh, he's around you guys to be able to offer that type of example. Um, Speaking of Drake... What's he like, dude? I mean, does he raid your snacks? Is he a slob to be around? Does he talk way too much? What's the dirt?
2: No, he, he's <laughs> a very, very hard worker. I, I will say that about him. He he really does put in the effort. Um, I, I love working with him. He's always open to help me out with anything, you know. Um, he's always willing, willing to train me, scroll out on the track and show me some lines. He's, he's not one of those partners that or teammates that hide stuff from you no he's very very open and honest it's cool
1: he sends me christmas cards did you know that i did not i get christmas cards and i get a calendar from him every year uh, yeah, Drake is uh, a pretty, pretty cool cat. Love that guy. But we're also uh, uh, deeply indebted for you to, um, or p- to you for coming on the program and and helping me on my road back to uh, health. I do appreciate it, Cooper. We're going to give you about thirty-two seconds to recognize your sponsors. Who are they?
2: Uh, first, I got to thank AP Moto Arts, of course, for the bike cannon uh, air filters for all the support this season then i got ls2 helmets uh a racer usa for all the electronics uh specialized racing gear for the leathers and then of course dunlop and yamaha for supporting the series moto america cmra and of course my dad you know i couldn't do it without my dad he's, he's love an your dad. mechanic
1: that's he's my hero mechanic that, person, is, you know? is, is he your hero as well
2: he is, you know, like he—he he was racing nationals in the '80s. Uh, I don't know if you uh, knew about Sam McDonald. He was the 1982 national champion. He—he yeah. he raced against a lot of the people that I look up to, along with my dad. You know, Pretty anybody cool. that w- that's able to rip around a 500 or 250 is respectable in my book. You know.
1: You're respectable in our book, Coop, and I do appreciate you so much. Looking forward to seeing you again and uh, continue on the way, my young friend, because i got to believe there's a long and glorious season looking you square in the face. We just haven't seen it all yet. I want to take it one bite at a time and enjoy it like a good meal. How about that?
2: Yes, sir. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a privilege.
1: Cooper, always good to talk to you. We'll have you back again soon. Folks, uh, that'll do it uh, for this portion of the show. We're going to hit a commercial break here. Do you want to thank Tony Wank, Ed Kulin Camp, PGA Duran, Tom uh, Tom Halverson, especially Tommy Boy there for that particular interview, Chris Bishop, Jack and Leanne De Leon. A break coming up as we continue to salute Carlin Dunn. Of course, it uh, wasn't that long ago, September 4th. He was on the show and he died recently at Pike's Peak more pit pass around the corner stay tuned this is pit pass motor racing weekly
9: hey
1: everybody it's scott casper from pit pass radio v rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires Starting with the VRM 229 for hard pack supercross settings and the VRM 300 is designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM 140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM 308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM 340. A heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT-approved. Most of the tires are available in the new Slow Rebound Tacky Compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the Tacky Tires, the choice of Sherco Off-Road. Racers say when using a Tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber!
3: With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 Pro Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove and you have Generation Next Racewear built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information visit FlyRacing.com with no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's X.com, Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was Meant to be ridden with Track Addicts Track Days.
1: It's a fact. The best you've ridden is the best you know. Until you've ridden Race Tech suspension, you haven't experienced the best suspension possible. Race Tech is the science of suspension for ATV and UTVs, motocross, freestyle, and stunning off-road, supermoto, road race, sport bikes, cruisers, touring, and vintage bikes, as well as adventure riding. With gold valve kits to upgrade your stock forks and shocks, and our G3s Custom Series shocks. You, too, can have the Racetech suspension advantage, and it's all made in the USA. For more information about Racetech products and applications, visit our website at Racetech.com. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on Des Moines
3: Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. The Yamaha YZF R3 Sport Bike at Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes is the most exciting and affordable way ever to join the exclusive world of Yamaha R-Series Superbike performance. It features a potent fuel-injected 321cc liquid-cooled parallel twin engine for great acceleration, a slim, lightweight chassis for sporty, agile handling, a low seat height to get both your feet firmly on the ground for added confidence, plus legendary Yamaha Superbike styling guaranteed to turn heads, all at a super value. No wonder Cycle World calls it a bargain and RevZilla hails it the new king of the hill when it comes to entry-level lightweight sport bikes. Visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes today to see the incredible Yamaha R3. And for more information, visit YamahaMotorsports.com. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeve shirt, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous.
1: For over 61 years, RK Chain has continually developed quality performance and value to the motorcycle chain market. From the scorching asphalt of the MotoGP circuit to the rutted out dirt of supercross and motocross. RK's commitment to making sure that each and every chain that reaches today's market not only meets but exceeds your expectations. Ask for RK Chain at your local dealership. If they don't carry it, ask them to order it. It's RK Chain. Don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted.
7: I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the DeLeon family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The DeLeons will offer you one-on-one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans and make your dreams a reality. Call the DeLeons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack DeLeon Construction, serving Iowa since 1946.
1: Foremost offers specialized motorcycle policies designed specifically for motorcycle owners like you with an active lifestyle. We have policies with coverages for all types of cruisers, sport bikes, custom and classic models, and comprehensive coverages for things such as safety apparel, custom paint jobs, aftermarket parts and accessories, even towing and roadside assistance. Foremost also offers policies for manufactured homes, landlord, rental, and vacant properties, seasonal homes, motorhomes, travel trailers, off-road vehicles, snowmobiles, boats, personal watercraft, and classic automobiles. Get a quote or find out more at Foremost.com or call them at 800-237-2060. That's Foremost.com or 800-237-2060. Go ahead. Take Foremost along for the ride.
10: This is number 40, Jason DeSalvo. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio.
5: Welcome back to Pit Pass Radio. I'm Jack DeLeon. We sent Scott home because his voice has had a workout. So we sent him home, and he asked me to go back and find a segment to play for you, which we've done. And we're going to play that when we come back from the next break. This portion of... Pit Pass brought to you by Light Hydrogen Racewear. Five years ago, Fly Racing's Light Hydrogen line was the first true lightweight racewear to the market and the original gear line that defined the minimum lightweight category. If you want more information, visit flyracing.com for more information. We'll be back after this. This is Pit Pass. Hi,
0: my name is Ben Evans professional motocross and supercross racer
10: and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio.
1: Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM 229 for hard pack supercross settings, and the VRM 300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM 140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM 308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new force model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the tacky tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber! (laughs)
3: <laughs> With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's trackaddicts.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Zero. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with Track Addicts Track Days. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's race wear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 ProFit Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove and you have Generation Next Racewear, built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information, visit flyracing.com.
7: America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.
3: If you're passionate about riding motorcycles, both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hickland Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest to ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high performance enduro-derived yamaha wr250r featuring long travel suspension and advanced high-end design whatever your budget or riding style yamaha has a dual sport model that's right for you for more visit yamahamotorsports.com today then visit Hicklin power sports and grimes to see the new 2017 models from yamaha the first name in dual sports dress properly for your ride with a helmet eye protection long sleeves long pants gloves and boots do not drink and ride it's illegal and dangerous. Time out. Drink Swell Vodka, proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Find Swell
5: Vodka in fine stores, restaurants, and bars near you. Like Swell on Facebook. Hey,
0: this is Pat Bonnick, you're listening to Tip Pass Radio. Hey, this is Slammin' Sammy Halbert of Halbert Brothers Racing, a flat track racer, and
1: you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Thank you very much, Slammin' Sammy Halbert. Hey, you know, we're going to go off books just a little bit here. Our nation surely will never be able to repay the uh, Navajo Code Talkers. And for those of you who follow any kind of uh, history of our wars that we fought, uh, the Second World War was... um, in many many battles was won because of the Navajo Code Talkers. So I'd like you to take a moment of time, if you would, to remember Alfred Newman. Uh, His entire life was lived in service. That Marine is one of the very last of the Navajo Code Talkers, and we lost him within the last 24. So uh, we appreciate his service and the unique way he served his country. And, man, he was proud to be an American through and through and um that's it we also lost carol channing a friend of mine broadway uh big broadway star she was uh, the best of the dollies in the hit broadway show hello dolly so a little bit of sadness there but none nonetheless it's uh it's part of what we do and part of who we are it's called living life and experiencing the ups and the downs so uh, welcome back to the show It is pit pass motor racing weekly i uh Perhaps, uh, you know, going to break up may have piqued your interest just a little bit. Well, some of you may have noticed that privateer Tyler Bowers was not competing at round two of Monster Energy AMA Supercross in Glendale, Arizona. Why? because Bowers was in Germany contesting the final round of the ADAC Supercross Championship in Dortmund. Bowers won the first night on Friday and took second on Saturday. He also won the third night on Sunday to capture the King of Dortmund crown. Uh, Gregory Aranda won the Supercross 1-1. Uh, class on Saturday. French riders Valentin Tillet and Cedric Subignares uh, finished second and third overall on the weekend. Bowers also captured the ADAC Supercross title for the second straight year. So the reason I bring this up because we are uh, proud to have in our friendship group the King of Mercy. Sure. Right. And we now also have the the King of uh, of Dortmund. Dortmund. Yeah. How about that? You know, we deal with this back talking about riders missing
7: way back when when uh we started the tie team and we had uh, teddy Mayer racing he would miss a round and it was like the second or third round i think in arena cross when it started at the same time as as uh supercross did teddy would have to take off and for his obligations in germany he'd make more money doing this off this overseas race if he'd win, yeah, then he would in ten domestic races. And Everything we've said, we've
4: heard this from Tyler, right? He's not the only motocross supercrosser doing this. No, no,
7: no. I mean, obviously, Brayton makes piles of money. Well, in the off season,
1: there's stacks. It,
7: well, stacks of money. Yeah, okay. yeah you're right. He stacks and he doesn't pile them. Yeah, but um, man, it's awesome that these guys can make. So here's the thing: these are one-off races. That the promoter is is uh, um they're 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 paying out a lot more than Feld is. And I'm not trying to pick on Feld. Feld you look at the purse money, there's a ton of money that they're and paying there's out.
1: Nobody in the stands to speak of.
7: Yeah, right.
1: No, I'm, I'm serious. I'm looking at uh, race picks. Oh you're talking about oversee right in Dortmund. No,
7: yeah. No. Really? That's not a sold out show? Uh uh-uh. uh I'm no surprised. Sure. Yeah.
4: The promoter's got to be getting the money somewhere, right, Tony? Or they wouldn't. They wouldn't.
7: Well, sponsors, but TV. TV yeah. I, I don't know. But TV. yeah, I mean, they're they're the, the thing is, is they're they're investing in a guy like Tyler Bowers. He's running around in, you know, mid pack, you know, or or better. We've seen him win races. The flip flops and cut We've off sh-
1: shorts. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, different guy.
7: Different guy. Uh, <laughs> 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 so weird. Um, You're probably my weirdest friend, Scott.
1: I am. You are so And I'm proud of it. Let's go on uh, the results. Let's take a look at the results. Anaheim won Supercross results there in the 450 class. It was Barsha in the number one spot. Kenny Rockson, number two. Eli Tomac 250 Supercross West results included Colt Nichols in the number one spot. Dylan Fernandez in the number two. And Shane McElrath in the third spot. Supercross Glendale, well, you know, we, we did see a bit of a change up there. Let's talk about It if we can. Supercross Glendale had the 450 results as we speak. In the third spot, Ken Roxon drops down, picks up third. Jason Anderson moves up into the second spot. Blake Baggett picked up number one in the 450. And 250 Supercross West results Adam Ciancerillo in number one. Colt Nichols number two. Shane McElrath in number three. Uh, Tony,
4: did you did either of you? I'm sorry to interrupt you, Scott. Did either all. of you see uh, the post race interview with Ian Cerullo? I found it very interesting. Uh, he said, "I'm tired of being the guy with uh, I'm tired of being the guy with uh, potential. I want to be the guy with the results." Uh, and it, it, it looked like a new version of Ciencerulo. We've we've often said how amazingly fast he can be on any given day. It's been uh, quite a while, so I, I found that interesting to watch.
7: AC's career, to me, it reminds me of a Robbie Raynard because Robbie was, without a doubt, I mean, he'd run Carmichael down and just whoop him on a 125. Nobody else did that. Nobody else did that to Ricky Carmichael. So... When when Raynard was injured over and over and over, we never saw Robbie Raynard reach the potential that we knew Robbie Raynard could get. I mean, I, back in his Team Green days, his Kawasaki, you know, early Kawasaki days, we thought, oh man, this is it. it just didn't happen. Um, AC has been injured without exception
4: yeah and since it's the worst parts, worst parts of his of his seasons it y- seems like yes like right when he looks like he's about to stretch and really put it on a field is right when he get, has managed to be uh, unfortunately injured
7: so that being said y- you say that it's a, a new ac I-, I think i see a more patient ac than than in years past it seems and maybe it's just in my head but watching him I've, i've I've seen him try to force the issue this one you know it didn't come to him in in round one this one he did get it and um, you know I I think I think he has the potential of of being a champion we certainly want him to be no I don't know anybody that doesn't like him I mean you you say his interview is interesting He's an interesting guy. He's he's intelligent. He's articulate. You know, they put him up in the booth when he's not racing, and he makes better conversation than the people that are doing it full time. I think, and uh, you know, he has a good perspective. I think he has a career. He could have a career in broadcasting. I mean, certainly one to do a radio show like this. Scott. Everybody
4: else is trying to. Do. Don't do aim so high, you know. Not right out of the not right out of the gate. <laughs> but
7: I think he could. I mean, uh, really, I think he could be a, a regular on NBC or Fox or MAV or wh- whoever's carrying racing. I think it's yeah. So back to AC, I think that he he is uh, character. I think he has character, and I love to see him win. I hope he does. Man, it, it's so weird that Pro Circuit doesn't. It's still odd to me that Pro Circuit doesn't dominate the 250 class because that was forever. That was the team. and You know, we come out, we see Yamaha swinging out at first round. You know, this, it's, Mitch needs a win too. As badly as AC does, Mitch needs a title too, I, I got to believe. They've been doing it a long time, but it's, it's time. I want to see Pro Circuit back up on top. I don't want to see him there forever, maybe. Well, no, no. But I just I I do. I see a
4: little mixing up at the top. So what are we... uh You got any plans, Tony, going to any of these races? I'm really trying to make at least one, if not two, Supercrosses happen uh this season. It's been too long since I've been to one, and I'm
1: realizing that.
7: Yeah, Roman and I are going to... This weekend, we're headed down to... um Texas we're
1: which means Roman is driving go ahead
7: (laughs) I don't know he totaled my van the last time we I let him drive um taking my vehicle for sure but to who's going to drive is to be determined but we're going to go down there's a race at Village Creek there's but there's weather. So our original plan was to go to Three Palms this weekend and ride. looks like it's gonna be cold and rainy so maybe further north would be better. And then the following weekend I'm gonna be home and then I'm headed out to the San Diego Supercross. So to answer your question, I'm gonna head I'm gonna hit San Diego and then ride right after that the day after we're heading down to uh, Ensenada in Baja. We're gonna ride you know all about Ensenada PJ. So, I do
4: I do. I love the place.
7: yep, we're gonna stay the same place Las Palmas. And then we ride out of the hotel. We ride over to Mike's Sky Ranch down to San Catin. We're going to take two days to do that. We're going to do uh, spend a day out on the ocean fishing, come back and hang out and party at Don Eddie's for another night, and then uh, ride back. It's a long ride, actually, back to Ensenada. And then uh, maybe a night or two in E-Town. And then we're going to head. Actually, I'm going to hit an um, area qualifier for Loretta Lynn's at Arizona Cycle Park on the way home is my plan and uh, hopefully qualify into the old man class again in the plus 40. So that's my plan. And then going forward, I, I won't hit Minneapolis. Um, I don't care for it. I, I might hit Nashville, actually, if you wanted Nashville, to do Nashville
4: I would be down for. That's one I was looking at on the calendar. Is St. Louis still on? I think it no. is. No,
7: its Nope, it has gone. No so I can pull up the schedule but yeah if anybody wants to meet us and hang out at any of these uh, I would allow which you which means to buy buy me dinner yeah so this is just exactly what I was going to say if anybody would like to buy me dinner drinks I don't really drink but um, not well No, not anymore not any less but uh.
4: why what do you what do you got <laughs> this is usually my follow up I hadn't planned on drinking why what do you got
7: <laughs> but uh, if anybody would like to hang out that'd be fun Nashville's a cool town too that's gonna be off the hook never been in Nashville that I know of
4: and it's a great I mean you can oh. walk to everything everything is walking distance from that arena Yeah, everything
7: is it Broadway is that where yep, we hang out yep it's
4: right on Broadway it's where I, it's, I'm assuming are they doing it I guess I don't know the venue I assume assumed it was the indoors there. Yeah, it's the Bridgetone. The Bridgestone Arena. Yeah, yep. that's where the Nashville Predators NHL team plays. That's where Taylor Swift, when she's in town doing what she does to make millions, uh, she would be playing at uh, the Bridgestone Arena. Big place. They got their own police station, unfortunately. Something to keep in mind before you go in uh, thinking you own the place. I they don't actually, party. They, i don't, they, I'm they, own, they have their own police station in the <laughs> arena. I have seen
7: the inside of Volusia County Jail. Have you not? In Daytona. But no, I don't party. It's, How'd that uh, work for you? Not too bad.
1: Yeah. What time was the wake-up call?
4: Four?
7: Well, comes I sat with the, breakfast. I, you know, it's <laughs> your, a long story.
4: Your fresh, cold, bologna sandwich. Here's your breakfast, bud.
7: I didn't. I was out of there before then. there, there was... Yeah.
1: <laughs> you had to buy your own. I did. Oh, that sucks. How about uh Clem is it Clemson is a guest at the White House and uh, McDonald's uh, Oh, provided I saw all the food. that. Yeah.
7: I know we shouldn't talk politics on the show, but not what politics. the heck? It's not politics. It's
1: McDonald's.
7: He bought the Burger Kings? He didn't buy more than it. one. Who bought it? No, the, the,
1: the people donated it.
7: Whatever. It doesn't matter. I don't get it, the fast food thing at the White House. I don't get that.
1: Well, most of the people are on furlough right now that do the the normal cooking. Come on. That's such a <laughs> stupid...
7: That's so, The one thing I would tell you, though... What? You want to look cool. You want to look like a hero. Here it is. Go to... When you go to your Super Bowl party... Yeah. And everybody brings a, a potluck or whatever... Sure. Or a Supercross race. Go buy the cheapest cheeseburgers at Burger King and buy...
4: A lot of a them. A bag of them.
7: 25 of them sure. is a ton of food, right? right?
4: White Castle does the Crave Case. Saves you having to order that many. Bingo. White Castle does the Crave
1: we Case. Don't have, we don't have White Castle here, though. What is a Crave Case consists of? Is it, is it 25? 25 or 30. I can never remember. And the, the magic of a White Castle slider is the hole in the middle of the meat. That way, the patty gets done all the way. Really? Yeah, that's exactly it. I thought it was the onions that gave me horrible gas in the uh, drive Well home. You know,
4: there is a there is a certain combination <laughs> of events uh, that, and if you put them in the freezer, you really get another look at them because the, everything coagulates, and you you can use a chisel. Why would boys. you freeze them? Oh, because you Turn were unable bracket. to put them away. You were unable to put them away. My I had it a roommate great. in Chicago. We had a we had a White Castle right by our condo. He would come home every night with a Crave case, and he'd put them in the freezer, and we would say exactly what you said. Why would you freeze those?
7: Speaking of freezing, what's that bike in the back of your truck that's freezing right now? What is oh, that?
4: That's, it that's uh, It's a It's a re-found re its way into my life, a Honda C 1975 CB200T that I bought. Gosh, if I'm guessing... Twelve fifteen years ago in Eastern Illinois, when I was living in Chicago, that's a 200 twin
7: 200, two
4: hundred twin four stroke. two two hundred twin four stroke. Honda didn't make a lot of two strokes in the seventies. They made dirt bikes, which you're aware of, the uh, CR, the original Elsinore Elsinores. Yeah, but uh, they were primarily a four stroke company, unlike Honda or unlike Yamaha, and Suzuki, and Kawasaki, for that matter. They were really focused on four strokes, so most of their street bikes were all. So they were the first to
7: say they're not going to build two. Strokes ever
1: again. Yep, they were, got the big they've square, always been a four-stroke company. Got the big square rectangular tank on. I'm going to ask both of you guys a question, something to think on, something to chew on before we get a break, and that is, if money were not an object, and all you were doing is buying something that you desperately wanted to ride, what it, would it be? Tony, we'll start with you.
7: The sand track that I used to put no, no, for twelve no, no, years. No, no, I'm
1: talking about equipment. I'm he, talking about
7: He
4: wants a one-two, an answer of one-two wheeler.
1: Oh a one motorcycle? Yeah. To to ride Like Tom Cruise gets a brand new Ducati every year. Yeah, who cares about Tom
7: Cruise and his stupid motorcycles? Well, um people, I, have I have them. I have them. The I have all the bikes. I have all the bikes I want. I got, Nothing
4: out there. I would I would take the new KTM twelve ninety Super Duke uh in either R or G T form. Would be just fine. Can that I have would get me in a lot of trouble.
1: Can I have a Norton nine hundred? You don't want that.
4: The new Triumphs now, however, yeah, the, the, the the new Triumphs are actually something
1: you could get the keys to. Do you them. remember when we had Rambo on? Um, yeah, the guy that builds... The Nortons. who redoes yeah, the Nortons, puts yeah. everything inside the, the tubes. It says his
7: real name, you think, Rambo? Yeah,
1: yeah it is. First or last. You can eat off of his shop floor. But
7: he's old enough that he wasn't named after the
1: movie. No, no. This is his name. <laughs> no, oh, they, he, was,
4: he was ahead of it, I would have to think.
1: Sure. But well, there's a lot of guys out there. I mean, Stallone is, what, 92, 93? No, he's not. <laughs> uh, the other day, he's <laughs> up there. He showed up at... And that's all the
5: time we have for tonight's show. We want to thank our guests... Michael Locke, Justin Bogle, Lane Michael, Rodney Spit, Smith rather, and Cooper McDonald. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week with another show of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly for Scott Casper and my wife Leanne. I'm Jack Leon. We'll see you next week.
10: May I have your attention, please? Excuse me.
4: Are you listening to me?
10: Thank you. The preceding was an exclusive presentation of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, a division of Pit Pass Radio LC. Any use of this copyrighted material without the express written consent of Pit Pass Radio LC is strictly prohibited.